Hello. Hey, Merlin. How are you? Uh, good morning. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Where do you get that? Is that, is that public domain uh, techno? Uh, yeah. Oh, the, the, yeah. Mm-hmm. That interminable music you play on your program. I like it though. I'm, I'm really warming up to it. Are you? Yeah. It just says, hmm, Jägermeister and bad decisions. <laughs> Coming down the lane. <laughs> You don't like it? No, I like it. I, hmm. I, I, hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I, I have. That stuff, that's what you're talking about? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I, um, ah, Uh you got me. You got me. That's the stuff. Um, you know, I'm working on a hip hop song. (laughs) No, I did not. I did not know that. I totally know this. I did not know that. Oh, well, you know, I've been meaning to do this project uh, with my alter ego that I'm working on called uh, MC Chalk because I'm white and brittle. Are you referring to uh, Roderick when you say alter ego? <laughs> oh, oh, well. Wow. Enjoy that one. Enjoy that freebie. <laughs> You'll let me have you're that. About to start having problems you don't even understand. <laughs> um, there's no way to guarantee a one's birth on Super Train, but I have a feeling there's a pretty good way to make sure you're going to be running behind it, screaming, right. no clothes. <laughs> wow. Yeah, well, you know, it's not my, it's a show. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just getting started with it. I was looking for, I want to come back to the uh, to that music in a minute. Let me see if I can get this going. It's a little bit ponderous, but. <laughs> Give it a minute. Where do the strings come in? Give it a minute. All right. I'm kind of going for like a Dr. Octagon meets Wu-Tang thing. Uh-huh. And I, I was hearing more Depeche, as usual, hearing a little more Depeche <laughs> mode. I'm out of my favorite moose again, and I'm feeling very down again. And the store is closed and the Lorian torch. <laughs> you know, I saw them uh, live back in Orlando <laughs> about 20 oh, years what, ago. What, at what point in their... Uh... Ultra. Oh, what does that mean? That was the name of their album at the time. Oh, oh this shows you I'm a little bit out of the loop on Depeche Mode. Mm-hmm. I have all, sir, I have uh, their first like three or four albums. Um, but I'm not familiar with what's it called? Uh, Obelisk? What's the name of it? Ultra. Root? I think Ultra. 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 But this and was that, more Policy of Truth, what I think you've put together. Policy of. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm more of a uh, the grabbing hands grab all they can all for themselves after all. You want to hear any more? Yes. There's a new game we like to play. You see, I could do a lot more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm counting oh. on it. Yeah, we <laughs> we got to keep it short. We got to keep this game. Got a shorty today. We got we got a lot. We got a lot, a lot, a lot to talk about. Oh, I know. If you're going to describe a show where you mentioned Adventure Time, would you say that it's math or that it's rhombus? What would you, which, uh, do you have an adjective you would use? Math. Okay, so math. And this is 113, right? Yes. Okay. Um, there was a time in my life at the end of my college career and the beginning of my, I'm not sure what I'm doing after college career, where I, I've told you this, maybe, where I had a friend who was DJ and would, you know, get paid to go places and DJ. Uh... And so, um, in addition to the mini nights that I would go to a bar and dance around, 
in Sarasota. And believe me, if you're going to go to bars and dance around, Sarasota, Florida is a terrific place. <laughs> uh, and, but sometimes we go to Tampa where he was going to spin. We get in a Suzuki Samurai and uh, drive to Tampa. And it was um, all you can eat, all you can drink, um, bar brands for $8. <laughs> and I can extract a lot of value from such a deal. And all those songs. Those, those, <laughs> I, bet, I know, I bet those, you can. All of those songs that, uh, that, I, that I know from that period are really kind of just mostly in my head memory-wise. You got your Harley David Son of a Bitch. You got your gigantic 12-inch mix. Uh, you certainly got your head like a hole. Mm-hmm. You got your, what's that uh, when ministry changed and became terrible? Uh, what's it called? Easter Sunday? Passover? They have a song, that really annoying one where people would hit each other on the dance floor. So and in previous to that, because people are fascinated by this, I was, uh, I was very into new wave music. And uh, I'm a bit of a scholar. So yeah, I liked me some Depeche Mode. Had a cassette. Had a cassette, several cassettes. Look like a mixtape? There was a time when I love not enough in itself. Yep, yep, yep. Deep catalog. You'll cut all of this out because today has to be a very, very short. Well, it's going to be a very yet? focused show. Mm, I love that image that you sent me, though. You got, you got the wrong guy for that one. Yeah. Hmm. So, <laughs> so bad. how's it going? Good, good week? No, no, not this no, week. No, no, no. Less, a less, less, less than stellar. Good week. I came in on the butt end of your frequency, and so it sounds like, and I think you mentioned this in a, in a tootle text to me. Is somebody, if you, in as much as you're comfortable saying, yeah, I know. Somebody, Ca- Cash is sick. He's oh, sick. I think Cash? he's. I think he's better, or he's on the up on the, on the mend, as they say I in, hope uh, so. in in Hurley Town. I can text. Uh, we call M- it, Mrs. We call England, England Hurley Town from now on. Yes. Oh, yes. why don't we call it London on Hurley? It's uh, Thames on Hudson. <laughs> is the name of it. Pick match on Speckledorf. <laughs> That's very Harry Potter of you. <laughs> so yeah, he's sick, and uh, Ox, Ox I think mark he's... upon meat pie. But when they're um, sick, it's the worst. Oh, dude, this is this is unfortunately like a quarterly thing we have to talk about. Can I ask about the nature of his illness? Oh, uh, he he threw up a whole lot on Saturday, and then woke up Sunday morning and seemed better. And we did oh, the no. little Easter egg hunt thing, and it was fine. And then later in the day, felt bad again and had a fever. Very <gasps> low, very yeah. low, very low. You know, like a like one hundred one kind of range. He's got a bug. Is what he's got. Yeah, and then he still had a fever yesterday, and today seems to be better. So fevers are, you know, like I always, whenever you know, like you think in your mind, fever is bad. Fever is awful, like that. But fever is actually represents your body healing and doing its thing to cook the bug out or whatever. So just because they have a fever, and there's, it's not like there's some certain number. That's attached to the well. If they it's if it's one hundred one, then they're fine. If it's one hundred one point two, then they're not fine. Like it's more, yeah. That you know, gets what's, kind of logarithmic really fast. Yeah, I mean the difference between ninety eight and one hundred one is you know a difference of a certain number, but uh, you know that same amount. We know babies. You know the babies, the newborns, and the infants. Uh, they can have a high temperature, and it's not as big a deal. But you don't want your kid getting hot blooded. Yeah. You know? Well, that's true. Check it. Let's see. Mm-hmm. Well, uh-uh. I'm really sorry, Nan. And that's well. Now, the now worst what, part is that it's it's. I mean, it's harder. It's way worse for my wife because 
you know, she winds up having to <laughs> she take has care to do of them. All work. Yeah, she pretty much does everything. And and yeah. but like the other night at like three a.m. That's going to disrupt your sleep, Dan. Three a.m. He wakes up and he he's in like a state of sort of delirium, where he gets out of bed and he's he's goes into his closet. Way of the future, way of the future. Yeah, he goes into his closet and starts like rummaging around in his closet because. I don't, you know, like, it's just weird. It's like, he's half in and out of sleep and he's got a fever and he's delirious. And so I had to, you know, get up and put him back in bed. And it's just, it's awful for everybody. It's, you know, and he's at that age. How old is, how old is your girl again? I think she's like three weeks younger than Joel or something. Is that it? So they're really the same, about the same age. All right. So I don't know. We are late October. When are you? Uh, we are December. So she's a little bit older. Um, and, uh, it's, I don't know if, if this is different for guys. I remember John uh, Syracuse would talk about this with his son, that his son would get to a point where he would like all of a sudden they become afraid of, of monsters or they become aware that they're like before we talk about monsters, he, like it didn't scare him or anything like that. Now he's at the point where he will have a bad dream. And I'll say, what was in the dream? Oh, I dreamt I had a bad dream about a zombie. You know, oh, a zombie no. was chasing kids, me. So, kids hate zombies. Uh, Eleanor's fiance is extremely scared of zombies. It's the one thing he's scared of. <laughs> That's right. I forgot she was. I believe engaged. she already knows. She knows she's ready for the marriage because she leverages it. She oh, really? screws that kid. Good. He'll do anything. He'll jump off a cliff. He'll he'll punch a donkey. But you mentioned a zombie. He's on the floor. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, and, and you know, it's. I'm sorry. I interrupted you. No, I was just saying. So, like now, in addition to to before he was being sick, and now it's worse. While he has been sick, he'll wake up. And he'll have a bad dream. Like he never really used to have a bad dream. He might wake up, but it wasn't like I had a bad dream. Now it's like I had a bad dream. The zombies were chasing me or something like that. And it's very, he's very aware of it. He's old enough now to say, you know, like what's under my bed, that kind of thing. Like he's thinks about that kind of stuff now. So. Can I ask a question? Is Go it, ahead, caller. Uh, sorry, first time, Honor. Is, is, is it, so I, I know I'm familiar with the idea of being scared of monsters in general, like that kind of, um, indistinct there's something very bad under my bed or in my closet type yeah. thing is there is it is it as with uh you know like like zombies or carly ray jepson is there is there a specific fear grounded in a given monster that's a really good question um you know like monsters inc you have like a specific thing you're being menaced by right um he's still he's probably just working into that may, well so far it's only been jude law uh, really? I, any, any specific roles? He's not Michael Fassbender, right? They're different guys. They're totally different guys. Which one was Magneto? Is that Jude Law? No. And he's the one on the deck chair with uh, Matt Damon? Who am I thinking of? Serian McKellen? Oh, man. No, Jude and he's, Law. He's in, and he's different from Ian McDermott. Jude Law was the one in AI. Which one's Ian McShane? Uh, you're thinking of Capote. The one that played Capote. I have to deal with this. Right. Started watching Deadwood again. Um, uh, hmm. I, and they vary too. You'll get a monster for a while and then it'll change. Let's get back. Let's get back to the sickness. Now, first of all, I want to say I'm extremely sorry. Cause we, we both know like, like all of the annoying parents, we know how disruptive this is. How is MJ? Has MJ fought off the bugs so far? She's totally fine. hundred percent fine. Boy, she's like a different kid. That's almost like they're not the same child at all. Hmm. That must be weird at first. When they, when you realize that there's two of them. Yeah, I mean, everybody goes on about, oh, you know, Tyler Latricia helicopter is so different from uh, Aristotle, you know, mm-hmm. buster pants. Um, 
one is one is so outgoing and the other one is so reserved. That's right. And that's true, right? They get they get real different. They're very very different. Everything about them is different. Do you pick different ones based on your mood? You know, think think about it, like shirts. Like maybe maybe today you want to dress it up a little bit, right? And maybe some days you just want to get comfortable and wear your daring fireball shirt. Like, do you do you have go to kids for certain mm. days or moods? I no, know. no, nothing no. Kind of that complicated. They're both nothing, all nothing omnipresent. Omnipresent. That is so sweet, Dan. I feel the same way about all of my shirts. They're all special to me. Yeah. I need to purge, man. I need to purge big time. We should we should go fast now. Give now be honest. Uh, inside baseball, what's your what's your heart out today? You gotta you gotta go take, uh, take one, chicken soup with somebody. Or I something. mean, like one o'clock would be good. One o'clock is time. so that's forty. Eight minutes from now. That's true. The times are always bigger there. Um, okay. <laughs> I got a little bit of follow-up, and I got a, a couple of specific things I have specifically chosen uh, in the nature of keeping this short. So I'll try to do that. Cool. Um, well, boy, I should throw a lot of this out. Let's see. So I know who's sick. Um, I want to mention um, uh, a podcast I was on came out, and I think it's really good. Scruffy Thinking uh, with Cane and Flowers. The, um, the long way to follow-up uh, to the... Uh, Chasing, chasing the wildebeest episode mm-hmm. of uh, Scruffy Thinking. I was uh, so it's hit me. It's Kanan hosting with me and Stu Mashwitz, who's a dynamo and one of my absolute favorite people. And you can see that at scruffy.tv, or you can find it in our copious show notes. Dan, Dan, can I ask you a question? Please. Okay. If conditionally, provisionally, there were a person of any given gender, uh-huh. and I count them all, just I'm, like my shirts, sure. just like my shirts, yes. You know what I'm saying? You should be able to marry any shirt you want. Uh-huh. So Obama said that. Where would people go if they were inclined to find show notes for episode one diggity 13 of your back to work program? Five by five dot TV slash B is in boy two is in the number W's in women slash one one three. We tell people this because the show notes are very uh, useful. Um, uh, 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 this morning, even I was telling somebody something that they asked about from, you know, a previous show. What was I talking about? Uh, luckily, it was something I could answer and that it was an app. And mm-hmm. not my life view. Mm-hmm. Very difficult. Very difficult to answer that on Twitter. Um, but uh, the show notes are really good, and we, I hope you'll check them out. You get more information about what we talked about, links to things. Um, and so, if you go to our show notes, you'll find that it was a really good episode. We talked about some of the stuff that we talk on um, this show about a lot, cool. Especially with, well, especially you know, Stu, who 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 I'm very very proud to say may be listening right now. I don't know if you know who Stu is, but you should check him out. Stu Mashwitz. He's the best. He worked on he like worked on Fountain, but he's also like a director. He worked on Sin City with Robert Rodriguez. He's done lots of like real world stuff, but he's also just one of the coolest guys ever. And he's kind of like he's. I hope he doesn't mind me saying this. He's kind of like me, but like imagine me like a thousand times better and five thousand times less annoying. <laughs> right? That should be a Marvel character. That's right. Yes, and he's very good at all the stuff that I talk about being good at and wish I were good at. And we talk about that things like. Um, being particular about your time and, and how we arrive at that. Um, talking about stuff like, you know, how much stuff we try to jam into a day or a week. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Kanan talks about, uh, you know, how to delegate, something I'm not good at. I thought it was a good show. So, Scruffy Thinking, another podcast. And I'm sorry, I apologize that I was on another show. You don't have to apologize. I did. I already did. Oh. Um. What's that woman's name? Hayden, Hayden Panettiere. This is a follow up from your other show. Yeah. She was Princess Dot in A Bug's Life. Really? Wasn't that cute? Wasn't she cute? Little Dot? I mean, I haven't seen that movie for a while, but I didn't know that she had a voice like she was doing. Can I just say to anybody who's listening, kids or otherwise, that that if you need a movie to watch, 
It must be Fantastic Mr. Fox, which is at this point probably my third favorite movie of all time. Really? But still. Oh my God. Oh my God. I, I have I practically have it memorized. I, I really, really love it. Okay, fourth, fourth, fourth big favorite. But um if you want a, a Pixar movie that will surprise you with actually how well it's aged pound for pound, um, A Bug's Life. Uh, it's really, really good. And it's, if you think of, it's from like what, like 98, 99. And it's like when they're really getting their game on with, you know how Toy Story was so great because they made a movie about stuff that they could render well. Mm-hmm. That's a terrible reductive explanation of Toy Story. But the story was great. Obviously, they're great at story. But the effects, the, like CGI effects they're able to pull off in uh, Bugs Life are you know, still pretty amazing. Some stuff is a little shinier than it needs to be, uh, but uh, it's really, really good. And the, the, the voice talent in it is really fun. You know, Squiggy's in that. Squiggy from uh, Laverne and Shirley. <laughs> That's right. He plays, he plays the, mean, the really mean grasshopper to Kevin Spacey's uh, grasshopper. This came out at the same time as that movie Ants with uh, Woody Allen in it. I remember being extremely confused and feeling like the game was really on for insect animation movies. You know but what I clearly mean? Bugs Life won this. It was like Blu-ray and that one we don't use anymore, right? Where it just seemed like a horse race for a while. I'm not going to get involved. I'm not going to I'm not going to get involved in the politics of uh, animation. Politics of truth. Uh, <laughs> <sighs> there was an How old How are you? Oh my god, I'm actually doing great. Um there's an old rumor that I has to be untrue. I've got to snopes this. But the story went around when I was, you know, particularly into guitar music and a uh a story like this would stick that I believe it was so Foo electronic band was playing where in this case Foo was often described as being Depeche Mode had gotten like 45 minutes into one of their concerts and the power went off and because of the sequencers and lighting they had to start the show over no I've heard this though but that can't be true it can't be true our listeners will tell us but I think it just goes to show that love's not enough in itself Hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, last bit of follow-up. I don't know why I feel the need to talk about this. I, I actually think, in as much as our show isn't really about anything anymore, this might need to be an ep- a whole episode of its own. I want to talk briefly about Adventure Time. Oh, yeah. Adventure Time is a program. I used to make fun of you and your Adventure Time mm-hmm. and your dog buns. And, I, I, and the Lemon Show, I believe I would call it. And uh, I, in a way, I cannot really articulate without sounding completely dopey I have not only gotten into this show, but the show, I think it, it started to move me in ways that I find very surprising. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> if you go check out show notes, you'll see a link to, um, you know, really any article that I agree with is a very good article, but a very <laughs> good article um, from, he's checking the domain, from IndieWire. So I don't even know if that's a thing. Why Adventure Time is the best sci-fi show on TV right now. And I don't know if that's the best title for it, but the guy makes a good case. But it's in the context of talking about last week's episode. Did you see last week's episode? No, I'm not caught up with them, unfortunately. Did you ever see the one from... I may have seen it, but I don't. I wouldn't necessarily know that it was last week's episode, if that makes any oh, sense. Oh, you'd remember it. You'd really well, remember it. I don't it. know if they're new or if they're old. I just... No, it's confusing. Um, but there was one uh, S4E25 called I Remember You. Oh, yeah, you it's a great one. And you remember at the very end, you see Marcy... Marceline, when mm-hmm. she's a kid, and you realize that Ice King used to be like a guy named Simon. Yeah. Simon and Marcy, last week's episode, S5B14, is, if you've ever, I haven't finished it, I started it four times, but if you know Cormac McCarthy's The Road, mm-hmm. imagine Cormac McCarthy's The Road, <laughs> except it's with the Ice King when he was nice, 996 years ago, yep. and a very, very young Marceline. Yeah, I've I'm seen not gonna this talk, 
I'm not going to talk about because it'll make me cry, but it was actually probably one of the best TV episodes I've seen and I'll just say a really long time. No, it, it's true. And some interesting trivia, you'll note that Marceline is not a vampire in this episode. I hadn't thought of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're gross. You're gross. We're both gross. <laughs> She's half demon. Huh. And <clears throat> so anyway, I won't spoil it for you. I, I want you to be able to enjoy this, except for the fact I've already way oversold it. I'm going to say a couple things. I'm going to say, first of all, if you if you are like I am, and I'm very very sorry if you are, it really you would see this like oh you know anything that's like a meme on Tumblr, flush it right. Oh, I have enough of that. If I hear one more thing about Doctor Who, I'm going to lob a bomb at uh, Police Box on Devonshire. But but uh, no, I'm sure it's a very good show. I'm sure it's a very good show. Sherlock Holmes, that Sherlock Holmes show, I've gotten into that now. So British TV touches me in ways that I'm often surprised. All I'm saying to you is just because you've heard people talk about it a lot, and just because you're maybe a little sick of hearing about it, set that aside. Trust me. We should pick an episode for people to start with. Lemon Grab may not be the perfect episode, no, as not. you said. But all I'm saying is, like, I haven't seen hardly any, I haven't seen more than half of the episodes. But Simon and Marcy, I thought, was utterly moving to me, especially if you know what a total patoot Ice King is. I almost feel like you can't start with that episode either because you no, wouldn't. No, God, no, no, yeah. no, 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 no. You, I think start with the pilot, which is increasingly hard to find. I have my own Samus.copy copy I could put up somewhere. But the, the pilot, which I think you're not crazy about, mm you've mentioned, but it, it really sets the tone. But, you know, over time you learn about the Mushroom War, you learn about why Finn's the only human, excepting, I guess, Susan Strong. But it's worth, it's really worth jumping into just because it is so funny and so well-written. And if you just jump in and open yourself to the fact that this is going to be a really crazy show, uh, you know what you could start? You could almost start with, um, start a season five with uh, Finn the Human and Jake the Dog. That would not be bad. It's an alternative universe, but it's really good. But anyway, all I'm saying is for, the, for those of you, this is probably going to be mostly one of those things where Anna and I get on the internet and talk about how much we like Adventure Time. Mm-hmm. But, but, you, but I really, this is a show worth getting into. And if you guys haven't watched Simon and Marcy yet, uh, treat yourself. Um, Adventure Time. Adventure Time. I would like to do a show about that. Let's do it. I watch, I watch Lemon Grab once a week. I watch Too Young once a week. Mm-hmm. Too Young to rule the kingdom. I'm getting better at it. No, that's really good. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, last thing about Simon and Marcy. Did you notice where, I think, where this, was it where the soup came from? Uh, it came out of the, the pink. Big pink blob? Yeah. What's your thought on that? Because I got a thought on that. Well, tell me. I, I haven't thought too much I about it. I think that's Princess Bubblegum in a more inchoate form. Interesting. Go back and watch it again. Oh, I'm going to have to. Tuesdays, <clears throat> we have a rule on Tuesdays. We have a... Uh, one of those obnoxious Northern California no TV on school mm-hmm. nights things where we just watch a, a ton of TV on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. But our, one, one time we break that rule is on Tuesday. So I pick Ellie up um, and we watch the latest Adventure Time and then she gets to pick one other Adventure Time. Unless I, you know, uh, jump in and say I'd rather watch King Worm instead. Right. But, but, uh, but that's, uh, you know what? This is way off the topic. We got to get to our topic. Um, Adventure Time. You still enjoying it? Yeah, very much. Is that the it really, topic? And it stands up. No, nah, it should be. I, I'd love to do that as a whole episode. I could prepare a little better for it. Get caught up. You know make what? Sure I'm Can we do up. that in two episodes? I had an idea for next week's show too, unless something else comes up. But um, I would love to do uh, to talk about Adventure Time. Maybe sure. we could have a guest. Maybe we could have Anne on because you know she has she's delightful. She has a wonderful voice and she has deep deep catalog on Adventure Time. I love it. Let's do it. She'll, she'll be. She get her on more shows, Dan. 
She's very busy. She will be, but she's too busy right now. I just had a phone call with her last week. She has a very crazy schedule and a lot of commuting, but you should get her involved. That's all I'm saying. We'll do it. Don't don't give it all to Hurley because he'll eat it all up. That that, that guy's a careerist. I know, yes. He's a careerist. Um, Dan, I sent you a, uh, I sent you an image via the text tutel. Would you like to tell me about something you like? Yeah, <laughs> it's a great, a great, perfect, perfect, a very timely image. Uh, Shutterstock.com. They have over 20 million stock photos, vectors, illustrations, video clips, pretty much anything that you might want for your project, whether it's a website, an ad publication, any, really any creative project, they're going to have the kind of materials you would need for this because most of us are not talented illustrators. Most of us are not uh, you know, people who make icons for a living. Most of us are not photographers, at least not at the level of the people who are contributing to Shutterstock. They have a global image collection. That means they're working with people that are everywhere, traveling in every city and state in the entire world or province. <laughs> every state in the world. Every province. Or postal code. Mm-hmm. And it, they, what they do is they work with these folks, they get their images, they put them up there, and they make them searchable. You can search by tag, you can search by topic, you can search by color. And they give you the high-resolution version of all of these images included. It's one cost, you get everything. And you can easily curate and share these photos and pictures via light boxes. Merlin is very good at creating light boxes, and he created one for me of sick children. <laughs> well, you know, uh, Google has fallen from grace in many ways, but what, what makes Google Google? Uh, apart from the secret sauce and the scale, mm, that's uh, by the way one of the great villages in uh, in southern England. Secret sauce on scale is is uh, is how quickly you can just you could be sitting and listening to your friend's podcast and type in uh, two words and and come up with something. So I went and I typed in I believe sick child and came up with many dolorous images of children with thermometers in their mouth. Yeah, but it really is it is that fast and easy and that that team. Uh, the, the the team collaboration component, it, I think, is also a pretty big deal, you know, <clears throat> because you say, like, we're not, you know, graphic designers or we're not photographers. You know, at some point, even if you're doing FPO stuff, you know, well, maybe not so much FPO, but you like you've, you've got to get stuff ready. You're going to need buy in from other people. And there may be some your job may be to get stuff in front of the person who's above you on the ladder and mm-hmm. say of these of these 10 images, these seem to suit our needs is, you know, with this aspect ratio and this kind of composition, you know, we don't want, you know, those old things. We don't want the person facing, you know, looking off the page. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Kind of oh, yeah. Whenever you're laying, have the person looking toward the middle, not Right, out. right. Silly and like, stuff if they like that. One they, direction, it's looking toward the past. The other direction is looking at the future. I guess so, yeah. <clears throat> or looking at the content. Their, their eyes should be focused, so forth. But that's, not, that's kind of silly stuff that somebody on one of those lower rungs may not be aware of. And uh, anyway, the collaboration thing is huge for me. As recently as, my gosh, maybe eight years ago when I was doing project management, it's amazing how hard it was before things like Google Calendars, before things like Shutterstock, to like, be able to electronically collaborate with people. So I think that's fantastic. So I, uh, in show notes, you will see the screen grab of sick children. You're welcome. It's a, it's a terrific service and very, very fun to use. So they can go to Shutterstock.com and it, when they find the things that they want to buy, they can put them together in a package and, and pick a bunch of things because we're going to give you a really big discount. It's back to work for spelled out back to work. And then the number four, you get 30% off whatever you put together over there, which is, that's quite a bit. How can they, I know they're successful, but how can they afford that kind of a percent? I don't know. I don't hmm. know. That doesn't seem wholesome, Dan. Well, 
And that's all they do. And then when they're ready, when they when they're ready to to really sign on the line that is dotted, you drop in that code back to work four, you get thirty percent off. Mm-hmm. Back to work, and then the number four. It's called mirroring. Correct. So our our, our thanks to Shutterstock for supporting five by five and back to work. <clears throat> nice stuff. Where do you get all the things? <clears throat> I'm getting your throat clearing thing back. <clears throat> oh, by, by the way, my allergies. Can I just beg you to literally not get me started on my allergies? Are they bad? Mm, didn't I beg you? They're so bad. I get them at night now. I'll do, I'll do like 14 sneezes in a row now. That's weird. And they're all real. Mm-hmm. Um, smell like dog buns. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. What was I going to say? Well, I don't know. A lot of response on the memory stuff. People, oh, yeah. people seem to uh, in, enjoy slash cringe at the memory stuff. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. <clears throat> Given that we're time constrained, and I know you got a lot going on, I had an idea for, uh, and I apologize in advance for this. Okay. We could also talk, could also talk more about Adventure Time, but but um, I want to talk about two apps that I've talked about a lot on here, and uh, there are two apps that one app that is back in black back from the dead and another app that you know I talk about so much but I really 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 want people to try so in the time we've got could we uh, could we do that yeah please that would okay. be great okay I want to talk about drafts for iOS and I want to talk about Quicksilver 1.0 for uh, OS 10 alright let's do it um drafts so I've talked about this a lot I'm not going to outline sorry um I've talked about drafts a lot in many, many, many places before. And I think there is, there's a lot of momentum growing behind drafts for the way that it solves, solves a certain kind of problem, but also helps you create a workflow that is uniquely suited for the benefits and drawbacks of iOS. And, you know, like any of these devices, like, hopefully things are a trade-off, right? I mean, there's all kinds of stuff you can't do on an iOS device um, that you could do. I mean, you can't, you can't run a shell script on your phone. Mm-hmm. But for example, I, I would rather do my weekly reviews, quote-unquote, my GTD reviews on OmniFocus for iPad any day. Like, it's better than their own OS X app, which is a great OS X app. But isn't it odd how there's certain kinds of things that are so much easier to do on iOS. Maybe that's because developers have focused so much of their attention on, on iOS stuff. I think also, in the case of nerds like me, big trends. Big trend toward plain text. I think that's kind of a thing among the nerds, is that, you know, like, like I've been mentioning here and elsewhere, I've been playing with Evernote a lot more, but I, I, don't, any, I don't see myself at any time in the future moving away from plain text as the way that I do as much as possible. Obviously, I rely on calendars, right. You know, I'm very big on the calendar. I'm very big on OmniFocus. I'm very good. We should probably do an update our, like, what do we use on iOS mm-hmm. uh, stuff. But, um, oh my gosh, and, and how could I forget this? Coming up uh, this weekend is the annual Merlin visit to Mac Power users, which I think was two and a half hours long. But we talk about a lot of this stuff on there, too. Check that out this weekend on the Mighty 5x5. Five five. But, um, so big trends. Big trend, one big trend, at least in the people I know, the nerds that I know, is plain text that is B, uh, formatted in Markdown. Very easy to use. Uh, syntax, uh, John Gruber, our friend John Gruber uh, came up with. Um, <laughs> uh, if you want to learn more about Markdown, there are, there's lots of places you can go. I won't belabor that. But the other thing is, I don't know who came up with this or how this got snuck in, but I believe they're called callback earls. I don't oh, know. Oh, right, right, right. 
Or, you know, it's, if, if, if you could almost think of it as, I guess, kind of like an API for an app. I don't mm-hmm. know if that's the right word for it. But there are, are surprising ways that apps can interact with each other. Crazy new one, GarageBand, now can work with that uh, audio bus app. Have you seen this? Oh, right. The, the new version of Garage... I, I, I tried it and it was like, I, I went like behind the looking glass. I had no idea what was happening. But now, like, for example, you know, gr- gr- I love what I just played you was my iPad. When I played you that, that, that silly hip hop song, I did that entirely on the iPad. No kidding. Um, and then, well, it's not that big a deal, but I mean, like, that's, that's pretty amazing. But you were, I don't want to say you're stuck with because there's great instruments in there. But up till now, there's obviously never been a way to pipe one iPad instrument into GarageBand. And this is so bananas, I can't understand it. Did you, you guys talk, who talked about this? Did you guys talk about this on, um, on Amplified? Is that where it was? Yeah, that that's I think we did talk about it there. Yeah, Jim I mean Jim's all this is all his this is all his thing. That's his that's his baby. That's his but, um, wheelhouse. But just as yeah, as you say, the, the, but this is just as one example of, of what I would just probably incorrectly call piping is that you now have the ability to and this is an Apple sanctioned thing, which is cuz got my head spinning a little bit that Apple would let you do something this cool. Is that you can now use this audio, I think it's called audio bus. I forget. I'll find it for notes. But um, you can now use this app to interact or to send, send a signal from one music app, one su- a supported music app on your iPad through AudioBus and into GarageBand. Hmm. So you can go into like, there's this drum machine I use called DM something, something, something. And it's, you know, you can like simulate an 808 or whatever. You go make your own beat. And now you can send that to GarageBand. Well, that's an example of this kind of interaction. A much simpler example that everybody deals with all the time is pretty much... Almost any time that you click the little curvy and up to the right arrow, what is that called? That's probably a technical term. Curvy and What's up called? to the and, like you're in an app on iOS yeah. and you get that little arrow. That kind of tends to mean like do something with this, right? And the do something with this could be something like printing. Um, you know, frequently you'll see like if I've just typed something, click this and send this to the messages app mm-hmm. and so forth. That's really powerful. And in the past few years, that's gotten a lot more powerful. These interact, I'm going somewhere with this. These interactions have gotten more powerful because now, for example, if you're in a text editor, like, like us nerds are, when you click that, um, that send to thing, it will, as I understand it, find, it'll, it'll basically show you every app on your iOS device that could accept text coming in and then mm-hmm. do something mm-hmm. right so you might take something like I, I might type some text somewhere any kind of text app like elements nebulous notes notes see you name it hit that and it'll say send this to this other app pretty powerful send this to the mail app and so on right. this has really been a sea change for people who want to use their ios devices for pushing the envelope i guess for for potentially moving to a place where hey, this really, I can only have one app at a time open on here. And sometimes copy and paste don't cut it. And now, um, again, I don't know what the word, what, I say pipe, but what would you call it? Like you, there's some things I can accept information in this way and mm-hmm. I can send information out that way. What would you call that? I, I don't know. Is this a test? Yeah, no. Not no I mean, really. I think it's, if, if it's not. It's pipe. like an API kind of. Well, I mean, well, there's difference in the, the command line. Girls. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and the other part of this that a lot of folks I think don't know because they don't need to know yeah. is that many, many apps, and again, I don't know who came up with this or how it works, but there are URLs that can, can let you interact between applications on iOS. You can, for example, some people, again, may not know this, you can get a copy a link 
for any, I believe, task in OmniFocus, put that somewhere else, hmm. and it'll, it'll produce this crazy-looking URL. It'll be something like you know, OmniFocus. Right, right, slash. right. I've seen that. And, and then you can send it to that. So all I'm getting at is that this stuff has been around for a while. Uh, it's pretty opaque. Uh, another thing I'll find... What was the first thing I said I'd find for notes? Oh, the audio bus. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll find audio bus. The, the other one is there is a page you can go to where you can find pretty much all of the, um, according to JXPX 1138, I hope it's okay to read this, Jamie. Um, the author of drafts came up with the X callback Earl thing, which is interesting. Um, which means, as we'll talk about in a minute, you can not only send stuff now, but then you can have it do stuff when you're, so in other words, let's come back to that. But the, the callback stuff is amazing. The URL stuff, I'll, I'll put a link in this to notes to this site where you can go and find the amazing number of things on your phone that actually have a URL. Well, why would you use that? Because if you know that, then, you know, you look at an app like uh, Action Center Pro, it's all predicated on this idea of how all the different ways you can get into and out of um, applications. I'm trying to think of some specific examples. The going to, uh, um, you could do stuff like, I don't know, what are some other examples? I'm spacing. But, but you know, using a protocol along the lines of name of app colon slash slash, you know, you can do stuff. Uh, the new version of, uh, for example, the new version of 1Password, mm-hmm. uh, do you know about this? If you put OP in front of the HTTP, it'll take it'll you open to- through. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Right. It is crazy. So if you start thinking about the world that I love living in right now is a world where I have things like these URLs, the callbacks, uh, things like bookmarklets, things like, you know, using things like PaceBot, any, any app that can basically move something from here to there is great for me. Anything that can move something from here to there and then do something else is mind blowing. Anything that can move a bunch of stuff that would represent, for example, say three or four different copy and paste and intelligently move it all to where I want it to go via these URLs right. is, is game-changing for me. Um, and so that brings us back to drafts. And uh, as we said before, drafts seems like a, the world's simplest app on the face of it because you open it up, and I want to get this correct. So you go to drafts, and this is on my homepage, and I spend a shocking amount of time in this app. When you open up drafts, you've got this uh, you know, little typing area uh, at the top, where you type stuff. Um, and then below that are like a whole bunch of just, just lines with actions on them. Right. So you go and you type in whatever you want to type. So for example, let's say I just want to type, um, for example, uh, had a nice lunch at J random Chinese restaurant, mm-hmm. which is a terrible name for a Chinese restaurant. Um, like a lot of apps, I could just with, with just that text up there, no biggie. I could just click on message. And it would take all the stuff I typed in there and send it to the message app as, as, as a new message. I could, and then, you know, I'd enter in who I wanted to go to. I could, for example, send that to Evernote, right? That's kind of cool. This has been, that's been around for a while. There's the classic open in. My God, if Apple ever gets rid of the open in thing, I'm going to Ubuntu. I'm going to make my own Ubuntu phone. It's going to run on Debian Ubuntu. Nice. With a commit. Just make your own phone that does that. I could make my own phone. I could do it in a heartbeat. I got cool. everything I need right here. I got a multi-tool. I got a Buddha. I got Dander. I could do that in a heartbeat. Wow. Heart, heartbeat, Dan. Uh, I could take that text I just wrote and send it to the reminder app. Now, you know, well, why would you want to do that? Well, there's a couple of reasons you'd want to do that. The obvious first reason is I have one place that I go now for typing things that go into things. 
right? If I, if I want to go write a long thing, I might open, and increasingly for me, um, Nebulous Notes, Writing Kit, ByWord, any of those apps, depending on what I'm doing. Nebulous Notes is my go-to for any kind of generic text mm-hmm. that needs maybe some light um, markdown. Um, Writing Kit, I have no idea how they do it, but, but look at Writing Kit because it's crazy. It's almost like having like sublime text on your phone. Uh, not precisely, but it is pretty amazing what goes into that thing working. Um, that's pretty great because now I got one place that I go. But the, the second part of this is this app has really found the right balance of simplicity and power. It's got simplicity in the sense that once you've configured this the way you want, it will do some very powerful things with a real minimum of acrobatics. So I don't know if I'm making the case for this, but there, there's a new class of apps that are very, in my opinion, that are very heavily focused on people serving the people who like to deal with primarily with text files, but also even normal civilians that don't want to have to fly all over creation in order to do the same basic things. I mean, there's only so many apps that you can put on your homepage. There's only so many apps that are going to be convenient to get to from the double-click flippy thing. Right. Uh, wouldn't it be great if, you know, for any, there's pretty much almost everything I do that isn't reading starts with doing something with typing and text. And this gives you one place to start and then send that stuff to anywhere. So that's just the basic um, whacker version of, of how it works and what it does. Um, but I'd like to tell you some specifics about okay. what makes this mind-blowing, some of which have been covered but are worth covering again. May I do that? Please, that would be wonderful. H- have you used the app at all? Have you seen it? I have not used it. Okay. I mean, I've, you seen, the, I've seen it, you, but I have not. Yeah, I, I don't want to say get, that I've used it because that implies the kind of familiarity you have when I don't have that. Yes. Yes. Got it. Well, let's get, let's get some, some other specific examples. Um, yes. It is Markdown friendly markdown aware. So mm-hmm. if I go in and I type some stuff in markdown, I use say like, you know, three octave, uh, let's say I do one octothorpe in a space and typing, well, that com- becomes an H1. I do, you know, asterisks, space in a string a few times, and that's an unordered list. Ditto for, you know, you can do an ordered list, all that kinds of stuff. If I just want to type that up real quick, and I do type that up real quick because of text expander, which this supports. And then let's say I just want to hit that button and I want to say preview in markdown. Now, every text editor does this, but this is, the one, this is the one text editor to rule them all in some ways because I can preview that markdown text right in there. Now, I might want to send that to writing kit to go write a lot more, but there's something very special about this because let's say I just know I need to have words be somewhere. Mm-hmm. This, I think this might happen more than people realize. But for me, sometimes I just know, okay, oh, here's the thing. I need to start typing and I start typing. I can decide where that goes after I'm done with the typing. I mean, have you ever gone to the wrong app and then realized, like you say, oh, this is a to-do, and you start typing in OmniFocus and go, oh, you know what? This is really actually kind of a meeting. So now I've got a, a, whatever I've typed in there may or may not be useful. I might use it as a note, but now I've got to pop over to the calendar app. I have to enter in all the information again. You know, entering calendar events in pretty much every calendar app, except Fantastic Cal is kind of a pain in the butt on iOS. There's lots of fields to fill out. It's a real pain. What if you had this one place to always start and then do that? So yes, it's great. I write all my toots in there, send it to TweetBot. Mm-hmm. Um, being able to, to, to preview the markdown is great. Now, now, here's one I've mentioned before that has been huge for me. Um, I'm finally finding resolution to my whole ongoing bitch about I don't want to see email to send email. Well, write your email inside of drafts. And I have it set up. You can go in and configure this. There are advanced settings for each one of these. You go and create your own little, create or modify the commands that are in there. I'm sorry, modify, you can modify commands that are in there or add new ones. A basic one is send this mar- as a markdown email. So I can go in and type something. So the first line I type is, 
Uh, question, has anyone seen my dingus? I make a new line. I type, I have several paragraphs. And then I click on, send this as a markdown email. It creates a new email inside the very familiar interface for sending mail. But in my case, it uses the first line of what I wrote as the subject line and the rest of what I wrote as the body. Which, well, think about that. That's, I didn't have to copy and paste. I can live in this same app. I can just do that same thing over and over. And all of the body is formatted in Markdown. I'm, I should say as HTML, you know, as rich text, whatever. It's taken the, the raw Markdown and transmogrified it into, you know, readable rich text. Uh, boy, is that ever huge for me. Again, one place to go to do this. I don't have to jump all over the place. And I don't have to handle multiple things. Um, that's a pretty, those are the pretty straight up ones. I should mention in passing that, <clears throat> uh, one of the things you'll see in that little action list, but at the very bottom of the list is settings where you can go in and change all of these. W- wonderfully enough, you can sh- turn them on and off. Uh, you can change the order in which they appear so that your favorite ones are at the top and so forth. Uh, it's also w- in a second, we'll talk about advanced settings where you can go in and tell it to do special things based on your preferences. Um, so those are some of the pretty obvious ones, I guess. The main thing to get about this is, again, the one-stop shopping. Now, what, the calendar app I use on my Mac is uh, BusyCal. I mean, I, I just, I, I wish there was, I just, I, I don't open iCal. It, it, it grates on me. I love BusyCal for um, looking at my stuff I have to do. I sometimes use the Google Calendar web app because that works pretty well too. Mm-hmm. Um, for entering stuff on my Mac, though, I always use Fantastical. And for those of you who don't know, you need to know, Fantastical lets you enter natural language to create events. For example? For example, I have a key um, for Fantastical. It's bound to um, command option shift D for date. And a little menu pop-up appears with, uh, at the bottom, you see my calendar for the next N events. I've got 10, my next 10 events that appear. You get to select what calendars appear and so forth. Um, And at the top, you've got a text field. So you can go into that text field on your Mac and say, um, call Dan Benjamin, uh, you know, 2 p.m. to 3.17 p.m. at work. Um, slash D. Sounds pretty bananas. Mm-hmm. And as you're typing those things, <clears throat> it's a natural language something. Like it knows what real words mean. And so, for example, each, each word I type, there's a little animation where that word pops into the correct place. So when I type call, the word call, it appears in the title field of the event. When I type Dan Benjamin, it gets like a little, like little hyphenated, almost like running ants around your name. Right. And if I click on Dan Benjamin, it adds you as an attendee because it recognized you from my contact list. Um, and when I say whatever the time is, it automatically fills in that time in the right fields. So already I've not had to tab through like at least six things. When I say home or I could add a full, when I say it recognizes at something as an address, it enters all of that information into the uh, location field. And then uh, something I think is unique in my experience, slash something. When you hit a slash and start typing anything, and let's say if I hit slash D, and I only have one calendar that starts with a D, Dan, it'll add it to the Dan calendar. Mm. It, I could say add this to my family calendar. I could say add this and, and so on and so forth. Well, you have to really see it in action, but that means that I can go type in an entire event without putting anything into a field, without having to tab through fields. I can do all of that here, talking here about OS X, um, do all of that from this one place. So I hit Command, Option, Shift, D in my case. It opens up 
I type. It takes maybe three or four seconds to type that entire thing. I hit return. And now it's on my calendar without me having to do anything else. Like a straight back work. Now here's the somewhat magical thing is there, they also have Fantastical on iOS, which is great. Everything that I just described, you can do, you can open up Fantastical and in exactly the same way, type the natural language and it will create an event for you right inside of there. So I don't know if you guys are getting that, but, but it's, I, once you've done that, like the Quicksilver, we may have time to talk about. I, I think once you start doing stuff that way, it's pretty hard to go back. It's pretty hard to go back to, I'm going to open an app. I'm going to switch to today. I'm going to drag this thing or I'm going to tab through. I mean, you ever create an event with tabbing through the fields? Like when I do that to invite somebody to something in um, like Gmail, I'll send an invite like I do with you so annoyingly often. I kind of say I like those. I like that. Eh. But I'm, I mean, I think off the top of my head, that's at least like six fields, maybe eight, 10 fields you got to go through. Um, and then, you know, hit the dingus to make it happen. Well, that exists on iOS. So that's pretty great. But are you ready for this? Drafts has a command called parse in Fantastical. So everything, again, get back to this idea. You only need to go to this one app to do stuff. I open up drafts. I type exactly what I just said before that I, for OS, like what I did on OS 10. I type all of that into this field on drafts for iOS. I hit parse in Fantastical. Bing. Without even opening the app, it goes in. I think it, does it open the app? All I'm telling you is that you only need to do this in this one little app. And let me try it, parsing Fantastical. I'm sorry, it does go and open the app. But then you can create, I believe you can then create a callback that will, when you're done, bring you back to drafts. That's one of the advanced features on a whole bunch of these is that after it's done its thing, bring me back to where I was, right? So you could say, for example, um, you can create one, let's say I've got one for OmniFocus where I type something. I say, um, for example, uh, send Dan uh a big Buddha. And then I hit a space and I type some notes about it. I say, send that to OmniFocus. It'll go, again, take that, in my case, I've set it to take that first line as the name of the task, take the rest of it and put it in the note part of the task. And I, I, I don't, haven't spent a lot of time with this, but for a lot of these commands, it can then take you back to drafts. And depending on your preferences, it can delete the thing that you just typed. It could create a new file, however your workflow works. Side note, all of the notes that you type into drafts can sync through Symperium, the simple note people. So if you have a simple note account and it's important to you to keep all these little bits of text, this can really become like an extremely lightweight text editor. I wouldn't use it that way. But if you want to go type a little toot and then say, oh, I forgot, there's this other thing I want to do. You hit the plus button, create a new one. Everything you've already typed, each one of those buffers is remembered um, in, in like you click on this little page icon and you can go back and see all the stuff you typed before. So um, I think that's some pretty powerful stuff. Now, this is, this is where we go to the next level. They have recently added, uh, one that I won't get into, but I'll mention, they've added a, a, a URL section. So if you're a nerd and you know the URLs and the attributes that let you do stuff on iOS, you can go enter your own. No problem, go and do that. I'm not going to cover that because that's too much to cover. But, but uh, the last big feature I'll talk about in this, they've added, um, let me get the right name of the section. Uh, they call it Dropbox Actions. Okay, so... If you've authenticated, and man, you can go into this thing and authenticate with Evernote. You can authenticate with Dropbox. Obviously, you can send things to Evernote from inside of here. But once you've gone and authenticated with Dropbox, you get to do some really, really neat stuff. Um, one example of mine, if you go to one of the, if you go to one of the um, let's say you want to create a new Dropbox action, which I will do right here. Um, you have the name of the, of the item. So let's say I have an item that I call comics to buy. Then I see path. 
that I enter in. So you enter in the path where you like to keep all your text files. So far, so good? I'm with you. Making sense of what's the name of this action? Where do you keep your text files? And then it says, the kind of file that you're about to make or deal with on Dropbox, do you want it to just be a time-stamped new file based on, which I actually do all the time, right? I just need a temp file, and the fastest thing is a Unix timestamp date. So you can have a timestamp. You could say, um, to uh, use the fir- well, first line. What is first line? Well, first line. I guess just use, oh yeah, sorry. Use the first line of what I just typed as the name or use a predefined URL, right? So let's say I've never made this before. I've never made a, let's, let's just call it comics wish list. So I click on the predefined tab and then, it, then I type in the name of what I want and I'll just say comics wish list. Then it'll say to me, what extension do you want for that? I'll say MD because I want it to be marked down. Then I get to pick, do you want to, do you want to always create a new file based on that? In my case, absolutely not. Or do you want to prepend or append? So in my case, I will say append. And then there's a section called below that called template where you can go in and say things like using little brackets, this little meta language. You can say, do you want me to put in the full text of the draft? Uh, do you want me to you basically format what that would look like as a new text file? So just as an example, you could have it create, every time you hit a button, it could create a new text file with the date stamp with, and it does markdown. So you could say, I want the first line of this to be an H1. Uh, I want the second line of that to say date, colon, and then the date of it. You see where I'm going with this? I do. So if you capture a lot of notes like that, that's pretty great. In my case, I'm just going to say, take the entire draft. I could even say first line. But let's say I write down, I talked to Ben Acker, and he's like, here's five comics to get. I type all of those. So now what have I done? I've got something called comic wish list at the path that I use in Dropbox. Um, I want to use a predefined file called comics wish list. I want it to be a markdown file I want it to append, and I want it to put in the whole draft. And after I've added that, I go back to that little entry pane. Anytime I type something in there, all I have to do is select comic wish list, and it'll do all that stuff for me. It will take whatever I just typed, and it will append it to a file on Dropbox, which will then be synced everywhere. Appending and prepending, guys. If you've got a running list, if you've got a grocery list, if you've got an enemies list, if you've got people, <laughs> people who you've wronged that right, you need to right. deal with, you know, like you and that Manton guy, right. this would be an easy way. Every time it occurs to you, you could add a new entry of Manton to that list with a timestamp. Nice. Anyway, the nerds need to go and explore this because this is a new feature that is, is take, as I say, I hate to use that phrase, but taking it to another level. But it all comes back to, I mean, all this stuff has kind of existed in different ways. I've never seen the Dropbox thing before. I mean, that to me is, wow. But everything else about it, like sending stuff to somewhere, is not entirely new. Like I say, Action, Action Center Pro, it's a pretty, if, you're, if you like stuff like this and want to do more, a lot more than text, check it out. Um, but this lives on my homepage because now I open one app to start doing stuff. Danny O'Brien used to say that everybody has a killer app. For a lot of people, their killer app is email. For an astonishing amount of people in Jobby Jobs, uh, Microsoft Excel is, is their killer app. Everybody's got one app that they would rather do almost everything in. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately for a lot of people, I think that's Microsoft Word. Ugh. But, you know, I think in Outlines, for example, Launch Center Pro, according to, uh, I have, by the way, I have my own chat room here, which is my phone, right, where I just talked to Jamie during the show. Right. But anyway, I probably oversold that, but I, I we've, we, Dan, you and I have seen this. Uh, to mention some sponsors, we've seen this with Squarespace. Yes. We've definitely seen this with Text Expander. We've seen this with Mailchimp. We've seen this uh, with Tonks. Um, we tell you. Oh, I got about- my I got my Tonks, by the way. Yeah. Oh yeah. Did you try? Not try yet. It? Have not yet tried it. I, I like the way they describe it. 
their descriptions are are completely seem com- completely ridiculous to me. I, I it's got you know tones of leather and cherry bombs and Plymouth automobiles. I love it. Squealing tires, t- squealing tires on Springsteen, one of the great uh, cities of Northern England. Right, that's true. Um, we talk about this stuff a lot at length, and sometimes people, often people, are very annoyed by how much, how long, how often we talk about this stuff. And then my hand to God, pretty much every day, I see somebody on Twitter go. I can't believe I heard about Text Expander for two years and I didn't use it till today. Mm-hmm. And now I realize how stupid I am to not have even tried it. Like there, you have an itch you're not even aware of that needs to be scratched. And to me, with an app like this, if you're doing stuff with text, even if you're not doing stuff with text files, like, you know, do you like typing into that crummy little message field and messages? Wouldn't it be more fun if it's an originating message? Like, do that right in this one beautiful place that supports Markdown, that does all these different things. Um, anyway, drafts. And it's in notes. This is not an ad. Uh, they probably should sponsor the show. But I, I, right now, it's absolutely one of my favorite apps on iOS. And it's, it is the linchpin for how I work. I used to use a lot of different text editors for different things. And I still do. Um, the The... the I love uh, Nebulous Notes, but the ability to find stuff is a little bit slow. Almost every text editing app is too slow for me and all my files. For just editing something, why would I want to go launch a big app? You know, or why would I want to launch an app that where the text entry experience is not what I would like? To have a text expander supported text field to type stuff in and then send it anywhere um, is just the best. And I'll, I'll find out how much that costs. I don't think it's super costly. It is a price that is on a page of $399. Got it. Yeah. Anyway, enough said. Do you have any thoughts on this, Dan? Do, 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 you don't, you're, not, you're not actually like a big text file guy, are you? No, not like, as much as you, I... Where do, you put stu- where do you put stuff? I know you don't write hardly anything down, but when you have to write... <laughs> when you have to write something down, where does that go? <laughs> When I have to write it down, it depends on what it is. Here's my take on it is I I exist in a, in a world where I use computers for so much that it's I, – I, and yet I enjoy as you do and I know that you do. Yeah. I very much enjoy using – what's the word for this where, where you use real world items instead of computer items? Like a, like a physical medium. Yeah, like paper. physical media. I, have, I, wrote, I had five cards I used for this show. The, apart from, before I outlined, I wrote down the five things I wanted to say on cards. It's just how your brain works. It's so much easier to think on right. a card. I love, you know, I do use note cards, not as much as you do. I have two different kinds of notepads. I've got like a big notepad mm-hmm. that's, you know, college ruled, ideally oh, white. You got to have that. And then... Uh, and then I'll use like a field notes or a field notes style notebook for sort of portable writing down ideas, things. And so if you're, if you're, if you're having barbecue at Suck the Bone and you need to like hear about a record, that's a field notes it type. That's type a field thing, noter. For sure. Mm-hmm. And I, but I really like for writing down notes, writing down ideas, writing down things like that, that are, I like somehow it, it, I enjoy the tangibility of that. When I switch over to writing, writing, then it's almost always, you know, in, in a, just like a text editor. I've, you right. know, I mean, we've had so much conversation about TextMate and is it good? I've, I've been back using TextMate 2 again. And I use that uh, for pretty much everything that I'm doing. I think I'm still on TextMate 1. Are you? Nothing wrong yeah. with that. Don't be embarrassed. 
1.5.11. It's from 1976. Mm -hmm. But you know what it is also, Dan? I think we, I mean, we haven't, actually we have not talked about this a lot and this, I will capture this as a topic. Um, It would be interesting to talk about like really just general patterns for how we use, for Mm -hmm. example, computers versus iOS devices. Right. I mean, it sounds like you, you kind of use it for different stuff. You use it, you, it seems like you use your iOS device for communication. Yeah, definitely. For texting and, right? Is that kind of it? Web browsing, that kind of thing for yeah, like, like information? If, if I'm, if I, I would, I would never read something on my iPhone by choice. It's more like, oh, I need to look up this piece of information and the, the computer that I have handy is my iPhone, so I will look that up. I use it for maps like crazy. I use it for Twitter. I use mm-hmm. it for messages. I use it to sometimes read email, although I very, very rarely uh, write email. And that's what gets me into trouble with my email too. Yeah. This is a different topic, but I'll get no, an email. We don't, we, don't, we don't have time for Quicksilver. So, so tell me. I'll read the email. Oh, yeah, because Quicksilver just went to, I'll read the email and market I'll think- Market is unread. Oh yeah, I need to do <laughs> something about that. And then, or worse, market is read. And then never do anything about it when I get back to the computer, which was my original intention. So I'll write down in my uh, field notes, do email. Uh, you know. Oh, damn. Yeah, I know. It's bad. <laughs> it's bad. Do oh, the my email. Gosh. My goodness me. I know. How do, you, um, how do you talk to me? How do you handle it? Well, I really <laughs> genuinely enjoy you, yeah. mostly. And, uh, and, and I think in very different ways, you and I kind of want, want to get better at life. Mm-hmm. And I, in all, in all candor, mm-hmm. I would much rather talk to somebody who wants to get good about life who's not already, in their estimation, good at it. One of the nicest things, and I, I know he doesn't listen to the show anymore, one of the nicest things John Syracuse ever said to or about me was after I had the book debacle. And uh, some people, were, most people were extremely supportive, but uh, some people were not. Um, and, and John had said something like, like, who do you want it? Something along, I apologize, cleric, but something along the lines of like, who do you want your productivity advice from? Do you, do you want that from somebody who like thinks they have it all together? Or do you want it from somebody who's, you know, struggling with it? Like, like I am, um, I mean, that not only gives, gives me an ongoing career such as it is, but I mean, to me, this is, this is a a journey to to put it in a douchey way. Um, it's, it's always going to be a journey because even if you're good at what you do, you know, as, as Rob Corgi says in that interview with Brett Terpstra, you really, you need, I'm not going to do it. You need to fiddle. You need to fiddle sometimes just to relax. And, but a lot of times to, you know, sharpen your saw as, uh, my words, not his, as, uh, Stephen Covey says, you gotta, you gotta keep finding out what's out there to keep up. Mm-hmm. We've gone over that a lot, but I mean, the other kind of part of the journey is to like realize what kind of stuff you should be fiddling or not fiddling about. And, you know, we're always, I don't know, but it seems like we're both kind of from time to time racked by self-doubt or anxiety about what we're doing. Are we doing the right things? And I think an easy way to channel that for most people is to sit and fiddle with apps. Um, but I mean, it, I, I feel like I have access to getting more stuff wired together if I have some kind of a workflow I don't have to think about. And in all of that extremely long, bad explanation of drafts that I just did 45 minutes ago, uh, that is a terrific example to me of something where, wow, that that isn't just a cool thing. That's something that solved maybe six different problems for me. I mean, really, honestly, honestly, the ability to get text from one place to another from one given place. I don't have to think about where to go. Getting things on my calendar. Guys, you know how much I really rely on a calendar to keep my life sane 
or, um, you know, the, the ability to be somewhere and somebody suggests a comic and add that to the list, that's pretty great. I have a file called Today, which is just stuff I want to just knock off my list in the next little while. And I prepend to that list. I'll say I'm sitting there and I'm typing and I go finish show notes for back to work. Because I don't, I don't, you know, I don't, if it's not, I mean, I want to go put that in OmniFocus. I'll just shoot that straight in as a line that goes right into the Dropbox. Let me, let me clarify one thing for just as a side note for the Dropbox items uh, in particular, you go and type these things in, you hit the item, the sort of menu action selection you want it to do. And you'll hear in a second, you'll hear a little ding and the little green arrow will light up. It does not open anything. <laughs> it doesn't open, in this case, it does not open another app. It does not open the Dropbox app. Once you have, um, you know, signed in with Dropbox, what's the word I'm looking for? Authenticated with Dropbox. It does it all in the background. And when you get back to another app or your computer, you get back, it's all going to be there. In my case, you know, within seconds, it's now on NVAlt on my computer, you know? Um, that, you know so what? I'm going to write that down. A good, a good topic, uh, talking about how we use iOS and perhaps differently. That's pretty good. Um, but, hmm, yeah, I don't want to get philosophical. Let me ask you this. There are certain people who would say, okay, here's something that's... Uh, they say. And you'll... I've, I've, this is something that's kind of haunted me. Hmm. Maybe it will haunt you. <laughs> I was okay. talking to my friend, and this is back in high school. And we were driving, and I was doing, you know, some stupid things that teenage boys will do when they're driving their car, like popping in and out of gear without using the clutch or something. And he said... Dan, do you think that's good for the car? And I said, oh, I don't, I don't really think it's good or bad for the car. And he said, it's always good or bad for the car. And that made me start thinking everything that you do is like, in a, especially in the concept of a car, is it just the very nature of driving the car? You are damaging your car. Think about you have, this. You, you have to. Yeah. There's no way to not all, the, bear, the bearings sit, are wearing out. in your garage damages the car. Right. It, uh, <laughs> you're, the, the fact is the car is being damaged whether you're using it or not, but it's you're the fact of even owning a car implies that you're damaging something and using something up. And in a way, that's true for everything, right? I mean, there are certain things that maybe I'm you're... I'm sitting here thinking about it. That's a really good point. But it, So you're damaging... The car by driving it, by accelerating your, the oil is being used up, the gas is being burned, sure, but the, the ball bearings are being. Well, the tires, the tires are. The tires, are getting, the brakes are being depleted when you're braking. The sh active shifting gears are wearing down the clutch or whatever. You know what I'm saying? And there's very much this concept of damaging the thing as you, as you use it. And so when you get into the space of computers, you think, Okay, are you the kind of person along those same lines who enjoys using the computer for the sake of using it, who finds that it's something that benefits their life? Or is it something that sort of, I don't know why these two things have always been related for me. Maybe you can figure it out because I can't figure it out. But is, is the fact that we use computers wholly beneficial to our lives or is it somehow damaging to our lives is the fact that we can do these things with data and this kind of organization. Does it encourage the creation of more data, of more information, of therefore more using the computer, more reliance upon the computer? Or 
does it simply mean that we have crossed some threshold beyond the kind of information and ability to categorize the information that we should naturally have as a human being and therefore we pushed ourselves into an unnatural state and the computers have have done this for us and is that a good thing or a bad thing or they've, enab- they've enabled enabled us right are they on, enabling on a new us scale, yeah maybe. i like so, i know this sounds really ridiculous no, and people no, are probably I'm, rolling I'm their eyes but like i worry no. about this kind of thing no i'm 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 listening and thinking i worry um, you worry i do worry i worry Yeah, I do. I'm a worrier, but um, it's a it's a very good question, and probably best safe for somebody smarter and further away from the mm, centrifuge (laughs) of that question than than I. Um, My my first glib reaction that I am reluctant to give is that you know using whether it's your 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 what did you say it's good for the car or bad for the car right yeah. And then there's the basic thesis of, you know, uh, is all of our interactions with data, is that, imp- what, I guess, improving our lives or is it just creating more data and the need, data and the need for more interaction? That's kind of the question. Is it, is it improving our lives to be doing that much stuff with data? Kind of, right? Yeah, that's the question. That's, I'm just trying to make sure I understand. What, like what they, there's something that you, I've read, we've talked about, which says you can only actually know a certain number of people. And once you know more than that number of people, uh, Dunbar number. That's it. Thank you. I knew you would know it. And we've talked about that. Like, is there, is there a, a, a correlation in information? Are we absorbing too much? Like I watch way less TV now simply because I'm, I'm so busy way less TV now than I did a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And like, I, is that a good thing that I watch less TV? I don't know. It means I'm working more, which is probably not good. I miss watching the TV as much as it, but you know, this is the kind of weird stuff that like floats around in my head. I don't know. It would probably float. You should watch more TV. Probably. I think you're right. No, I, uh, <clears throat> boy, where do you begin? I, I, I think we should probably head out soon, but, yeah. uh, no, we, oh, which crap. Yeah, sucks look at that. because look at I that. really, yeah, I really, really like what you're saying here and I don't want to just punt it. Let me try and jump in. First of all, that was all really good. Um, and very, I think, uh, surprisingly insightful, uh, especially for you. No, I didn't mean that. <laughs> no, but I thought it was, you, wow. you, you put all that really well. Um, the, the only, the only car, a couple, couple karma suck things I would say. <laughs> yeah. What? Well, I, I think, you know, I, I think it's funny how uh, certain kinds of technologies uh, send, tend to feel like a novelty until we stop noticing that they're a technology. Like when people first got reliable, non-deadly electricity in their house, it was probably like a pretty huge deal. And like every night at six, I'll bet people would gather around and watch dad turn on a light. Because right. that's pretty freaking, you think, you think you're doing cool stuff with drafts for iOS? Boy, the ability to not have to have gas lights in your house is pretty amazing. Think about the first time, you know, gosh, think about long distance calls. I was talking to Roderick about the first time I sent and received email uh, 1993 with, with somebody in, uh, that was in England. And I mean, I, 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 this is not going to mean anything to somebody who's not 60 like me, but seriously, that could, nothing could have felt more magical to me than typing a few things. And then my friend Tim writes back to me from Oxford. It was completely mind-blowing to me. Well, now email, I'm not wowed by email. I'm not wowed by electricity. I see it as something, it becomes really almost like a, 
neither of these words is right, but like a commodity or a utility. I guess electricity technically is. But, you know, a commodity, the difference between like, you know, uh, pork bellies and IBM is that, you know, there's, there's going to be these things everybody needs all the time. And that price is going to go up and down. You got to get your concentrated frozen orange juice, futures and all that kind of stuff. But I think something's really become part of the, the culture when we stop noticing it's part of the culture. It's what Antonio Gramsci called hegemony. Uh, you know, when something becomes so natural, we don't have to think of it as a thing anymore. Like we don't sit, we may sit around and as you say, TV, for example, like we may sit around and talk about TV and talk about whether we like, uh, uh, Game of Thrones or whatever, but we don't have to really sit down and think about whether coaxial cable is good for our lives. Um, (laughs) it's, it's, it's a way that TV gets in the house and then it's kind of on us. Um, the, the, the last cynical thing, I mean, are kitchens good or bad for us? Right. Is it good for the body or bad for the body? Well, this is Merlin's glib thing. Um, well, you know, they're mostly pretty good for the body because we need to eat a couple times a day and it's really bad for the body if we just make twice baked mashed potatoes and, and, you know, and, and gobble them down with whiskey. Like that's not a great use of the kitchen on an ongoing basis. But the kitchen, the kitchen can be a place where like, we really bond with our family. The kitchen can be in the place where we get in an unexpected fight and stab somebody. I mean, there's no, unlike a lot of things, kitchens aren't something that we would just get rid of because a couple bad things happened. Um, but, I, but I do absolutely take your point. Un- unfortunately, it brings it all back, the onus all being back on us, as, as it frequently does. Mm-hmm. Um, there are certain kinds of classes of things in the world that I don't think are worthy of my attention. Not that they're bad necessarily, but they're not worthy of my attention. I, be, I, I, I put exactly the right, I, I like to think, I put exactly the right amount of effort into not knowing what a Kardashian is. <laughs> I'm constantly set upon with people who want me to find out what a Kardashian is and what it does. It did not take me a super long time in that case. I'm an old man, right? It, it, it became clear to me that there was not going to be a high yield from Kardashian watching for me. And so that's not something I pay a lot of attention to. But back to TV, I actually have been watching more TV lately, um, but I've been watching way better TV. I don't have to sit there, you know, in the, like from the pre-TiVo days. My daughter is completely baffled when we go to a hotel room. And she's like, uh, you know, I got, I got, a, I got a pee-pee turn. Pause this. And like, well, uh, the ninjas are going to keep going because <laughs> the, we don't have a way to do this and I'm not touching that remote. Right. Uh, because at home, uh, we control every aspect of what we watch. <laughs> we decide if it's in 3D. Like we decide, I pick whether or not like it's going to be which setting for how, you know, do I want movie mode or game mode or regular mode? How much brightness? I Every single aspect of that. You know, we choose, like, you know, are we going to watch this midwife show or not? We're going to watch it a little bit, and then we're not. We have total control of that, which on the one hand is so great because it is good for us to have that option, but then it, it really continues to put the onus upon us to, to control it. This is all old stuff. So maybe we can end with, with, with one remark that may, and of course you can have a response, but that may get closer to what you're talking about. This is something I think about a lot these days. Um, as I try... As ever, I try to evolve as a person um, to to get better. I don't want to say I'm trying to be a good person, but to be aware of the stuff that I'm, I'm either not good at, or that can potentially make me a dick, or the things that I'm I'm not proud of in myself that I'd like to get better at, that I feel like I can handle and get better at. And this is a question uh, I ask myself, and when it gets down to brass tacks with somebody that I'm having a disagreement with. 
If it's appropriate, it's a question I ask to them. And the question is this, is this who you want to be? Is this who you want to be? So maybe that's good for the car, bad for the car, but is driving the car that way who you want to be? <laughs> that's, that's a very different question. Well, if we take it as read though, that entropy is going to do its business on a car and that kitchens are going to have knives we can use anyway, that, I think that's a, a fairly muscular and frankly uh, existentially terrifying question to ask yourself. Is this who you want to be? Um, because I think it's just subtle enough that you find yourself asking yourself, well, wait a minute. Who, first of all, who, who am I being right now? And further to the point, like, whoa, like, who do I want to be? And do I know enough to, do I know enough about those two things to look at a, at a situation empirically, like take two steps away out of body and like look down and go, is that who I want to be? That's so corny, but it's helping me. Um, it, it is helping me. And, and sometimes when I'm trying to like have disagreements with people, sometimes, um, I'm very tempted to say, you know, is this who you want to be? Do you want to be somebody who's arguing with somebody? Do you want to be somebody who's trying to undermine somebody? Do you want to like, you know, and you don't have to, you don't have to sit around and pick your ass and talk about values. It's pretty straightforward. You know, it could be the golden rule. It could be the whatever. I think it's, it can be potentially much more delightfully self-involved mm. than that which is just asking yourself, is this who I want to be? And if you do that today, you guys, I know you're typing in Excel or making Emacs, but if you really stop for a minute, like you're laying there in bed, you've watched your, uh, your, your House of Games or whatever, your House of Thrones, lay there and think about that. Is this who I want to be? Um, because a lot of the times, I feel something close to not precisely shame or I may feel something not, pre not, not pre precisely pride, but I do feel pride of ownership. So I do know that if I, I'm going to have to have this car and do stuff with it, so... If, if I want to be the person who takes care of their car, how would I act? You know what I mean? Like yeah. they, say, they say that when you're criticizing somebody or that when you're, it's just the fair way to fight with someone is not to say, um, you're a very angry person, but to say, you seem very angry right now. And in fact, you seem very angry a lot of the time because now you've given them the chance to think about that, which will probably just make them angrier because they're angry people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but but you're, also, you're also saying that like you don't have to be an adjective. Your adjective does not have to turn into a noun if you like. Uh, you could be fancy about a car without becoming fancy car guy. You could be somebody who has a blowout at Walgreens because of the expired coupon. <laughs> But I don't want to become expired coupon guy all the time, especially when I'm not at Walgreens. I don't want to become expired coupon guy with my kid. Right. But what I do over and over is, is who I become. And mm. that's just, just how it's going to roll. So anyway, uh, several things here. I'd like, is that okay? Can we cut off there? Is that all right with you? Yeah, it's good. Okay. I, I mean, we've got lots to come back to here. I've written down. We're going to talk about iOS. I do think, and I'll just mention this as we close, that folks, gosh, um, I've gone back and forth with Quicksilver for years, mostly forth, but increasingly back in the last few years. Quicksilver is out at 1.0. And if, uh, and, oh gosh, I should, we should mention also the new Alfred is amazing. Oh, yeah. But if you used to be a Quicksilver person, and Quicksilver is kind of the Emacs of app launchers, uh, but I would say go back and look because a lot of bugs have been squashed. A lot of new stuff has been added. And my muscle memory came straight back. That ability to hit, what, command, escape, and send the current selection to Quicksilver and then open it with this or compress it with this. Uh, it all just came straight back to me. But I think that's probably for another episode. Here's the thing that should ter terrify you is that uh, when we're done here, you should think about uh, whether this is who you want to be. Isn't that, isn't that kind of a messed up question? It is.
Does this screw with you a little it's bit? It's messing me up. Yeah. Is it making you worried? Mm, no, not so worried. Yeah. Freaks me out. Hmm. Maybe, maybe we should, we should, we should probably have a follow up, follow up episode, follow up and some, and some very, very gentle discussion later on. Anyway, um, thanks for doing this. And I, I hope, uh, I hope cash feels better soon. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You want to button this up? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. I love you. Love you too, Merlin, man.